Now rocking with the best. Only two things can get you through this, man. Patience and persistence. Work harder than everyone. Be patient and just know that if you're gonna do something on your own, you're gonna have to feel some pain. You're only the boss if you put up your own money. If you don't put up your own money, I don't care how much somebody gives you. You're nothing but a supervisor. It's not yours. It, it takes fearlessness to be first. You know, to not move with a crowd, to move alone. I stopped living according to what people wanted me to do. I started living according to what actually made me happy. If you're not happy, change your life. Allow me to reintroduce myself. The Culture Talks Podcast with your host, Carlos Stutzer. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, live action from Kansas City, Missouri, and we are here on the Culture Talks podcast with another great episode and another great guest. Now, if you're watching this on video on YouTube right now, you already see your guest to the left of me. Um, If you're listening, we'll have her introduce herself in a few moments. Before we do that, I am in a new setup today. Um, I have... I'm always at home on my podcast, but my family did like a little Christmas setup thing with these like fake snowballs in the background and have like the relaxed couch. So today's a very relaxed episode because I'm like chilling. I just feel like feel like a vibe where normally I'm all set up in a chair feeling super uh, restricted. But aside from that, that doesn't really matter. Just kind of wanted to update you guys with the with the new setup. Um but yeah, we're here. We're back with another dope guest. I tell you guys all the time, we're about to have a great guest on. We're about to have a great guest on, and I have not lied to you yet. And with that being said, I'll let our guest introduce herself. Go ahead, my friend. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Um, my name is Latoya Rosoff, and I am the owner of 79 Rose Dress Shop. So thank you for having me. I love it. I love it. We are grateful. I was just telling her how I came about um, inviting her onto the show. And just in case you listeners are interested, especially local Kansas Cityans, I was chilling at the coffee shop, PH Coffee in Northeast, you know, just to shout out, you know, shout out some coffee shops, go check that place out. And I was reading through the Pitch Magazine, which is if you're from out of the state, just a cool magazine in the Kansas City area. It talks a lot about different stories from around the area, different entrepreneurs, different businesses. And I came across her name and I read about her business, read a little bit more about her in the Kansas City Magazine. And I was like, okay, I like. And so here we are. <laughs> um, how you feeling today? How's this Sunday going for you? You know, it's good. I am, you know, one thing I learned in 2020 was about the being able to relax. And I've been very um, conscious about using Sundays to relax and kind of renew for the new week. And that's not just be word, word, you know, just words, but actually, you know, physically self-care, the, the, the sexy word is self-care, I guess, but really um, taking it easy today and ready to watch the Chiefs win too. Man, man, I, I'm like, I'm happy because I'm ready to watch the game, but then I'm like also going to have to listen to some of it on the radio because I have to drive to the airport. But uh, <laughs> but we're all excited here in Kansas City. Um, and yeah, with that being said, let's jump into it. I want to talk a little bit about where you grew up. So uh, I don't know if you're from Kansas City. I didn't see that while I was reading it, but where'd you grow up? Um, what was that experience like? High school? What, talk, talk a little yeah. bit about the early history of LaToya. Yeah, so I am a Kansas City native, um, born and raised, and so I spent like the first 14 years in Missouri, 
And then um, we moved to um, J.L. Johnson County when I was about in eighth grade. And so I went to high school at Shawnee Mission, graduated from Shawnee Mission North. Love it. And, I love it. And that's where my love for fashion kind of, I always had a love for fashion, honestly, but kind of got really um, ingrained into it during high school. And talk about that. Why, why, was it like what's going on on TV? Was it a lot of like fashion stuff that was being like pushed towards you from TV or was there a program at school? Like, why do you think you started getting into fashion? You know, I have to give props to my mother and my maternal grandmother, um, you know, um, two um, of the best dressers, like hands down, like my grandmother, she was she was always sharp, like she's to give you an example, she wore driving gloves. Like, and so I just assumed everybody wore driving gloves, but she didn't drive, but she wore <laughs> driving gloves um, with her outfits, you know? So she's like, you know, ch- even going to church, I mean, she had uh, leather skirts, you know, like who wears leather skirts to church? And she had big fur coats and jewelry and pearls and all of that. And so, you know, just watching her get dressed as a businesswoman, you know, just was, it was just fantastic. And then my mother too, my mother um, is, she's always looked very young for her age. So she's always been up on the trends and fashion. So those two would just kind of came easy, you know, easy for me. I love it. I love it. Um, staying in that realm of life, like that time of your life, what were some outside of fashion? What were some of your early interests, hobbies um, when you were in high school? Like, were you into sports? Were you into debate? Were you into singing? Like, what were some of your early interests as a young as a young lady growing up in Joko? Yeah, no, nah, I wasn't an athlete. <laughs> that didn't get those genes. But, you know, I was, I mean, I think one of my biggest hobbies was reading. Like, I was an avid reader. I always read. Um, so that was um, one of my first loves. And then fashion, obviously, you know, I started getting a bug as the older that I got. And just really loving to see, um, you know, things like colors and, you know, patterns and all that really put together. And I would say a lot of that's been influenced, like, I mean, everybody, I, I say everybody growing up, but just like thinking about the um, positive influences of like Ebony Magazine and then Jed. And those are the magazines I see growing up. So, you know, I not, and seeing, you know, the celebrities, cause, you know, like, of course we didn't have social media and stuff like that, but just like those were like always connecting to see what the trends were. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, who were, I know you mentioned your mother and grandmother, which are amazing. I can, for some reason, I was able to visualize your grandmother immediately as you were describing her. And I was just like, I can see how you would be inspired by that fashion this way. Um, So who are some early influences outside of family for fashion? Like you were mentioning Ebony Magazine. Who are some, maybe some models or some celebrities or some actors? Who are some people who you really liked their fashion? And you were like, oh, that's interesting. I like what she wears or what he wears. Yeah, so growing up, um, that's um, from the era when like Aaliyah was out. So like Aaliyah was coming on the scene. She kind of had that chic, the like tomboy feel. And then she kind of grooved and got into the little, the little sex, sexy. Um, Tony Braxton, oh my gosh, like I was just infatuated with her, her style, her singing. Um, she, she was, a, I'm a short girl. She's a short girl. So she kind of put those short girls on the map. Um, just, and even thinking, even going back to like, like a Diana Ross and all her mm-hmm. fabulousness yeah. when she's on stage with her gowns and like Whitney Houston too was another um, fashion icon um, I remember growing up because she always like you know she always, her videos were always she always had like the like the trendy stuff yeah, yeah like my dad actually is who put me on Diana Ross and I used to be like looking at like old videos on YouTube and I really do love her drip like she was really 
well-dressed. Like all those people you mentioned, I can see that we're all fashionable, but I remember Diana Ross, just cause I used to watch a lot of like random YouTube videos, like just interviews or just like her. I was like, I like, I like. So let's, let's talk about you though. What you're 17. I want you to imagine 17 years old. You're 17. Mm -hmm. What were you rocking? What were like, what was like your go-to outfits when you were going into school and you were like, all right, I'm about to dress well today. Like what was, what was your go-to? If you can, if you can, uh, if you can remember a day when you were 17 and you were about to go to school, like what were you going to wear? Oh man, I'm probably going to date myself. We were talking about, um, late nineties. So in 17, I think that was probably about, about 1996. And so I'm trying to think like that's when, you know, you still had like cross colors and all that, like that 90s fashion that's back now, cross color stuff. Um, FUBU was big. FUBU was, FUBU was making their scene too. So it was kind of like that. It was that blend of like streetwear meets, um, you know, uh, like corporate America. So like it was like baggy. So I'm probably sure I was wore something super colorful and something big because that was kind of the style like hip-hop was making their influence you know into mainstream America at that time so then you had that style um, my mother was not gonna let me be sexy like Tony Braxton so that was <laughs> <laughs> that was out the door so immediately <laughs> if I if I could I probably would try to be super sexy I think the sexiest I got I made my prom dress junior year and it was a really really high slit and I remember us like arguing about how high it could come, how much thigh I could show at prom <laughs> you said you did you say you made it mm-hmm, I made it I made it my junior year um Talk, yeah, doing your prom dress. I talk did. about that. How'd you make it? Like, did you sew it? Like, 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 just talk about how you made it and how you learned those skills to be able to even make your own prom dress. Yeah. So, um, high school, I joined one of the electives I joined was fashion careers, which kind of helped spur. So, I was in fashion careers all through freshman, all through senior year. Like, senior year, I was president of fashion careers club. And so, um, that was an elective. And then a second elective that I took was sewing. So, I learned, I do know how to sew. I'm super rusty, but um, I sewed. I was in sewing class all through high school, too. And so, each um, semester you had to have a big project and so second semester I made my prom dress my big project so what's the process of making a prom dress like are you do you like measure measure leg measure shoulder and then like then where do you source your products kind of like try to remember back to when you were making that dress where did you like go did you go to Joann's to buy stuff like yeah. what, just I want to I kind of want to hear that whole story of like how you created that so where'd you source the product what was the color like how do you how do you figure out if it's gonna fit or not yeah so it was I can remember it was a black dress. It was a black dress. And then it had like, it was those kind of like those big shoulders. Mm -hmm. Then I had a big, huge bow and right in, at the top of the dress. And then like I, like I said, I had a, like a slit. And so I remember like going through patterns, you know, you can go through, oh, you know what? I think this was, it was an Ebony Fashion Fair. Um, Cause Ebony Fashion, Ebony Fashion Fair, I always had like an article in Ebony Magazine. And I remember seeing, like a model and I was like um sure I think they might have been in Europe or something I can't remember but I remember saying like I want something similar to this it was black long 
slender and it had a high slit. And so I um, just went through the patterns and I found something that matched closest. And then obviously, yep, went to Joann's. Um, there was a Joann's Wirehouse where we stayed there. And I remember having to save up for the fabric too. <laughs> and I got some, I had to get two different, uh, I had to get a black satin and a white satin and they were kind of expensive, right? Cause you wanted a quality dress. Right. So I remember saving up for the fabric. And like I said, that was my project. So that would have been, I would have been three years into sewing. So I, I had the fundamentals down and I probably worked on it obviously in class, sewing class for probably about two months. So wow. I measured myself obviously first, my, my myself and my teacher. And then, you know, like I said, once found the pattern and found the fabric and kind of put it all together during class. I love it. That's cool. That was probably like a, that was probably like a really fulfilling moment. Like you rocking your dress that you know you made and it's like junior prom, which is normally like junior and senior prom are like pretty big proms. And you're just like, yeah, <laughs> I created this myself. I'm out here. Like, I like that. That's what, that's actually a dope story. I love that. Yeah. Cause I didn't want one last thing. I didn't want to go shopping because I didn't want the fear of somebody coming in with the same dress. Uh, yeah. um, you know what? I, everyone that's listening to this right now, I don't know if I have any young listeners that are like in high school, but if you are, that is the perfect way. You're so smart for that. That's the perfect way to avoid anybody coming in with the same dress. Cause I remember my sisters being like, they're like, Oh, like, I don't want anybody to wear the same dress. And I was like, yo, just rock it. But that would have been smart. If you make your own, add your own little like style to it, get some inspiration from a magazine or, or from somebody you saw on IG nowadays, it's like, yo, that's a great idea. I love that. Um, so one thing I already liked about your story is that you were really interested in fashion from an early age and you already had some pretty powerful influences being your family members, um, at an early age. And I know from, from reading that you ended up going to K-State, correct? Yes. And then what did you study for the listeners who don't know? Yeah, so I got, I went to K-State because, you know, looking for scholarships, they offer me the most money and they had the best fashion program. So I got a bachelor's in apparel and textile marketing and business. And so I wanted to do, I didn't find myself super creative. So I didn't want to be a designer and I didn't want to be like a struggling artist, you know, trying to get my clothes out there. So I went on the business side of fashion. So basically like merchandising and marketing. Okay. And for, for, for those of us that don't understand what merchandising is, can you kind of explain what you guys were like learning in school, like during, while you were studying that, what were some of your classes and then what does that look like in the real world? Yeah. So, um, think about like fashion promotions. So, um, one half of the business side. So if you wanted to go into retail, like how to operate a store, you know, how to buy inventory, how to sell inventory, uh, maybe how to manage um, people. Um, and then the other side was like the marketing side. So promotions and fashion shows. And you think this is like early, late 90s at that point. So, um, so really big from the fashion world was like big on like just really, really promotions of shows and marketing events and, and how to promote your business. Um, and then I had a, and it came with a minors in business as well. So like, for an example, um, my, one of my projects that we had to um, find a store, we had an operated store, we had to design our own store, retail store and kind of niche it. And then we had to sell 
then we had to present that to the class, your final project. So you had to go through everything from starting the store, from the location to your target market, to, you know, finances to run the business, and then the daily sales. And then on the marketing side, you know, you learned about basically like, um, um, merchandising, like, okay, so, um, how, how much of a certain style or brand do you need in your, to make your business run? And then where do you market? And then how do you sell? Like you had to like pretending like you were like a buyer in New York, right? And you were a seller for Nordstrom's. I remember that being one of our classes was how to buy for your store. So kind of think of like all the fundamentals behind like the business. So you had like accounting class too for how to run the business. And then you had uh, like statistics, you know, for studying like your target market and things like that. So it's interesting, like I'm, it's, really progressive now because you have digital marketing but you know the marketing was different like emails like we talked about emails and that was like a big thing even back then like sending your people emails and then following up and then customer service i love it i love it and outside of like your studies your time in college what are some other things that you really enjoyed about your experience during those four four or five years like what was what are what are some things that stand out now as valuable experiences outside of you know the classes themselves? I think you know uh, the people that I met along the journey were awesome. Even like I'm still best friends with people that I met my freshman year in college. Like we still you know get together. Um, I was a part of Black Student Union, and um, at that time. Um, interesting enough, uh, the police had murdered somebody, I think I want to say um, that was in Manhattan. So maybe like Salina, like a little surrounded city. So we were even protesting, you know, um, way back then. And it's just kind of weird to come fast forward to where we are today. But that was some things that I was a part of, like social justice movements as a young adult at 18 and, and, and 19 years old. But I would think, and then I think the people that I met along the journey and the professors, I think that's the cool thing about, you know, going away and, and not having like your family, like you have to make it on your own because you're forced to put yourself in positions to grow. And then I was lucky enough to have really good people along the way who were at college, not to just party, but to learn. And so like we kind of helped each other through the, pro through, the, through the process and the journey. I love it. I love it. So it's very early 2000s late 90s you're finishing up college where are you transitioning like it's your last day you graduate what what comes up next in life where did you go where did you move did you come back home what was like the plan for you yeah so being um kansas city native you know, my comfort zone is kansas city so i my senior year i done an internship at talbot's they are um, a woman's clothing store. So I did my internship there my summer of senior year. Yeah. And, um, and then I also did a study tour in London, which was amazing wow. for three weeks, um, a fashion study tour. So then I graduated and, and Talpas offered me a job. So that was my first job in um, the real world was managing um, the store. So I started off at the Leewood location here in Kansas City. And I was there for about two and a half, maybe close to three years. And I did really well. Um, and then the Plaza store was struggling. So they sent me down to the Plaza store to help get that store, um, you know, profitable with the promise of a promotion to be a store manager. 
um, if I met that goal. So I started off at Talbot's. I love it. I love it. And I kind of want to double back a little bit now that you mentioned it. Talk about that three week experience in London. What what did you what did you do while you were there? What were some of your some of the highlights of your trip? Um, any funny stories that went with it? Yeah, talk about that trip. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. So it was part of my uh, program at K State. You do, uh, I mean, you, you had the opportunity to go to do a um, study tour, and so um, we London was chosen at that time because that's when Princess Diana's dresses were um, on display um, at the museum there in London. Oh, wow. And so that was kind of like the highlight of our trip. You know, it's going to the, you spend a whole day there looking at her dress collections and learning. But it was, it, I mean, it was amazing. Um, went to Harold's, for people who know what Harold's is, um, rode the sub, you know, subway, um, went to Stonehenge, um, just like all those big tour, big band, all those tourist things you do in London, but just really the culture was really cool to um, witness. I have never been, you know, out of, you know, United States before and now by myself and, but of course with other students, but just that was a cool journey of like, just like meeting new people. Like some of the people I knew from class and some of them I didn't, but like really making those connections over three weeks and the things we learned from a fashion perspective. Um, funny story, um, we snuck out. Um, like there's one week we snuck out every week to go to the clubs we were under. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had found one club so it was like a techno house club and then we went around the corner and um it was it was black people and I, that was my first time seeing black people for my whole trip the first week and they invited us to the club and it was such a total different experience and so every night we snuck out to that club everybody was going <laughs> back to that club <laughs> to hang out but um that was cool and then we got busted like I think the last night I think our chaperone knew we were sneaking out but I think it maybe got to her that wait something could happen to these girls while we over here and I don't have to you know to you know answer to their parents but um but it, it was amazing the fashion the tour the people you know fish and chips like all of that things you see it was really cool to experience it firsthand in real time I love that. I love that. London is a beautiful city. The airport, I don't really like Heathrow, but you know, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw um, Lennox Lewis. He was, I, I just stand out. He was going through the airport and I recognized him just, you know, from publications, but he was running through the airport trying to catch a flight. And um, so that was just a celebrity, <laughs> a celebrity sighting. Man, it's a random celebrity sighting. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. I love that. And so, you know, I want to fast forward, okay? So let's fast forward 10, 12 years. And I'm not trying to date you. I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying fast forward 11, 12 years. Um, and um, let's talk about 2015. 2015, you're in Los Angeles. Let's talk about you walking down the wrong road in the fashion district. Let's let's start there. Tell that story and, um, you know, talk about that 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 trip to L.A. Okay, so little history. I always so I pivoted from fashion to HR um, in two thousand and six. So I've been an HR professional professionally for the last fourteen years. And so, but I always had love for fashion. Always a go to person when people want to get dressed and things like that. And so, um, 
my husband's from LA. We go, you know, every year to see family and we always go down to the fashion district. And one day I made a wrong turn and I went down the wholesale block. And this lady, I remember she was selling, um, there was four pair of shredded shorts because those were hot at the time. And she's going to sell me four pairs for 20 bucks because she thought I was a buyer. And so um, then we realized through the conversation that I wasn't supposed to be there. And so she took the time and she schooled me. She was like, hey, this is where people come when they want to shop for boutiques and things like that. So she told me kind of about, you know, the process. And then a light bulb had like went off. And you have to think like at that point, I was a little bit of burnt out of corporate America and wanted to get back into um, like the fashion world full time, but didn't want to go the retail route, didn't want to be a buyer and just kind of feeling like stuck in the Midwest. And so, um, so had a conversation with her, fired up, found my husband. It was like, I'm going to open up a store. And he's like, okay, like, <laughs> okay, I know you're down here with all this merchandise, but okay, okay. I'm like, no, I want to open a boutique. Because right when she said, I can sell you four pairs for $20, I said, I can take these home and flip them for $20 a piece. Like, automatically that, that light bulb went out about entrepreneurship. And plus, Side note, small digression, it runs in my family. My grandparents started a business here in Kansas City um, that was very progressive here. So I've kind of seen the ins and outs of running the business that, you know, growing up. So I came home from that trip and I did my research and I ended up getting my buyer's license. And it kind of kicked off from there. So I knew I wanted to open a boutique for women. And um, it was an episode of Shark Tank where I saw this girl, I won't name the won't name the business, but she was on there and she had said she had grossed a million dollars off of social media and she was coming to um pitch to get, you know, get some more money, obviously. I, I forgot what she was wanting to do. But I remember thinking, whoa, those clothes are not cool. And if she can do that with you know, if she can sell that, then I know that my sense of style could not only be, you know, profitable, but, you know, I could be successful at it. And so that's when I got the idea to have a dress shop. So then kind of fast forward, fast forward, there is like a Kansas City version of Shark Tank. And so I went through the process. I made it to the final rounds, but I was, I missed it, missed making the point um, by, I missed making the, uh, the rounds by one point, but the feedback was really awesome. So at this time I said, I'm going to open up a dress boutique for women. I'm going to specialize in black dresses because every woman needs a little black dress, like the black dress for a woman is what a black suit is for a man. Mm-hmm. And every girl needs one. And it's like every, for their closet. So I'm pitching, you know, my boutique. They're like this genius, this genius idea. Love it. Um, but she's, but the lady, um, that was talking, she said, you need to niche it some more. And I was just kind of like, I mean, I don't know how can, you can niche a black dress shop <laughs> even more, right. you need to niche it some more. And so walked away, like, okay, I'll figure this out. And then coincidentally, this is when Ashley Graham plus size model made the cover of sports illustrated. 
And coincidentally, at the same time, like you're, I learned, because I'm learning that your business should solve a problem, right? And you're going to, you got to solve a problem. So all my, you know, my friends and people around me are talking about like the issues they're having when they go to the mall. If you are a woman of curves or any, you know, kind of, you know, thick at all, you go to the mall and you don't have any options. So then that's where I was like, aha, I will niche it. And for curvy women. So I will be a little black dress shop for curvy girls. Long story short, that's how I got to, that's how I got to my niche. I love it. And I want to reverse a little bit. I want to reverse back to back to that day in LA. You mentioned that um I want you to kind of talk a little bit more about just for people who might be wanting to get into this world somehow. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about what a wholesaler is. Um, and then after that, why you got a wholesale license and what that even allows you to do? Yes. Yeah, so basically the wholesale is the middle person where like, if you own a boutique, you have to go somewhere and you buy the clothes. And so the wholesaler is the person that supplies, you, you buy in bulk, right? And so the wholesale is the person that who supplies, um, your clothes or whatever you're buying, every, every, every product has a wholesale, They're like the middleman for you to go between a business and the customer. So to buy, if you, um, if you have a boutique or a service, you have to have a special license to go and buy in bulk. And so that's what I went and, and got a, got licensed to go and buy and sell. So you buy it and you have to have license to resell it, um, uh, for the business. Okay. 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 Perfect. That's good to know. That's good to know. And um, I also just have a quick question. Side note. Um, where'd you meet your husband at? Cause you mentioned he is originally from LA. Now I could make a guess and say college, but just where'd you meet your husband at? And um, if you don't mind talking a little bit about that, you know, from dating to, to, to marriage real quick, and then we'll come back to the business. Yeah, that's an interesting story. So we met at work. So I left Talbot's. Um, long story short, um, I didn't get a promotion like they promised. And like knowing what I know now, being in HR world, um, had to do with um, the color of my skin. They just weren't ready. Um, but they were willing to, you know, put me all the way close, but not make me a manager. So I peep game real fast and I'm like, that's fine. I'll just go find another job. And so I went to Halls, Kansas City, and that's when they were in Crown Center. And I was the youngest and the first black manager to manage stores there at Halls. So I was a manager of um, Boulevard Blues. It was like a denim place. And then I was the manager of a shoe store. And so my husband also worked there um, in Los of loss prevention and safety and ergonomics and that's kind of how we met so yeah so we're, we're story um about how we had our first date but the rest is history um he was single father of three and I mean I'm and then it was just myself and so we just kind of hit it off I love it I love it I love it and I know he's not on the on the show today, but how did he get from LA or a family from LA to Kansas City? I'm just interested in that. Yeah, yeah. So um they his spot my father-in-law lived in Wichita. And so my husband left LA at 25 to kind of just, you know, reset and reestablish him. Um, he was married at the time and had two small kids. And so they just wanted a fresh start. So they came to the Midwest to be um, with families for a fresh start. And they started off in Wichita. And then 
his ex-wife's job had moved him to Kansas City. So that's how they got to Kansas City. Amazing. I love LA. I, I spent a few years living out there. And so it's always cool to see like the connection between people in LA to Kansas City or Kansas City to LA because I mean, I'm sure you know this, but like if you spend enough time in L.A. or if you spend enough time in Kansas City, there's ties between both cities. There's a lot of people who transition um, from L.A. to Kansas City or who have family in Kansas City or the other way around, who back in the 80s or, you know, early years transitioned from Kansas City to L.A. Both ways, like both flips, but there's a yeah. lot of connection. There's a lot of connections between the two cities. So it's always interesting to hear how someone got here or how someone from here got there. So I always ask. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Um, so moving back to your company, how'd you come up with the name? Um, and then when, it, like, let's talk about like when you decided, like the process of you getting a store, like when you decided you were going to go to a store instead of like just selling online. And, and we'll talk about that process. But first, how did you, how did you get the name? Yeah, 79 Rose. So all the names that I wanted were taken and so um it was just really a funny joke between me and my husband and so 79 is the year year i was born and uh rose is just a play off my last name rosoff so um so instead of r-o-s-e it's r-o-z-e so most people mispronounce say rose which i think is fine but it's just the year i was born and just a play off my last name with the with the um better roles so something different I knew I wanted something that people can remember I didn't want like a long name you know because anything longer you know complicated people people will forget and so 79 that's how I got 79 roles I love it I love it that's fire I love when like there's like just like a simple story behind like how people got their name whether it's their like nickname or whether it's their business name like a lot of the guests I have on here I know basically from Instagram and so I know them by their IG handle and it'll be like something not their name and I'm like how'd you get that and it'll be like a whole really interesting story and I'm like it's always always a good question to ask so that's really cool so Okay, you decide you're going to open up a business, you lock in on uh, a niche, but you're told that you need to lock in on a further niche, it takes you a little while, but from discovering from your friends that you need to fix a problem, you find a problem to fix, and you niche even more. So black dresses for for black dresses for women with curves. And that's like, that was like, you were locked in, you're like, okay, this is it. You come up with your your business name. Where do you go from there? Are you online? Are you doing e-commerce or are you straight to a store? Talk about that. No. So the journey was, so I um, never wanted to brick it, never wanted the physical location because I didn't want the overhead. So I started selling dresses from my guest room. So I started like styling like local singers here in Kansas City. I was connected through my brother. And so I started selling like, you know, um, dresses. And then like I would, um, as a stylist, I would go to them, right? Mm -hmm. Or they would come, you know, to my house. Hadn't had a website or anything set up yet because I'm still in the formation stages and I'm learning the journey. And so I wasn't that cool, like, to know that I needed a website. And so we got to the point where we outgrew the guest room. And, I, and my husband was like, hey, why don't we find you a, store, a climate control storage unit? And you can hold your inventory there. You can maybe even have people meet you there. But And I think he was also tired of people um, coming to the house, too. And on top of that, like, um, 
I um, got pregnant with my son, which was unexpected. And so like that was kind of all thrown into. So like the time I decided like, I'm going gung-ho um, with my business. And then God was like, yep. And you want to deal with this too. So which is <laughs> awesome. Right, awesome right. blessing. But it and that him actually being pregnant with him kind of helped me um, figure out my niche too. And so I'll digress real small. So when I was pregnant, just the things that people say, to women, just always blew my mind. Like people were asking me about snapping back and are you worried about that? And I was like, no, like I wasn't snapped before I got pregnant. So it wasn't a problem. So like just, or, or how much weight have you gained? And so it just like, you know, obviously I was so good. Sometimes I was self-conscious and I wanted to, and that's where I started to build in that body positivity into my brand. I'm like, women, we are so hard on ourselves. And then we have these pressures from society to look a different way. And I wanted to empower a brand that empowers women to embrace their curves and love your body just as God made you. So yes, you might have some hips or you might have a big bottom or you might have, you know, different things, but um, that's who you are. Embrace it. And we're going to, and we're going to, and I'm going to make sure that when you wear my dress that you feel confident in who you are just the way you are so body positivity and empowerment are kind of behind my brand so and that's not like that that came from being pregnant too this is kind of going through that you know emotionally as a pregnant woman so fast forward we so we're looking for um climate control storage units and so we find this unit um that is inside a it's actually like a, a office suite like a block away from us. And I remember my husband calling me, he's like, hey, go check this out. They have one more left. If you like it, sign a lease because it's, it was really reasonable. And so I walked in there and, and when I walked in, like that was a light bulb number two, like, whoa, this has potential to be more than storage. People can meet me here, try on, you know, we can have this, you know, um, body positivity, you know, like, consultant you know meeting you can get addressed and I can style you and everything in one location so that's where the shop came from never was on my radar at all never because I didn't want like I didn't want the overhead cost but I, God had a different plan and I, and I went with it and and that's how I got the physical location I love it I love it I love it I love it Man, this is a great story. I like your story. I love it. Thank you for coming on, by the way. You know, I really appreciate it. I always, you know, make sure in the middle of the episode to always say thank you just because, you know, people are busy. People have businesses like yourself to run. And so taking the time out to have this conversation is really, you know, appreciated from my side. Um, but I do want to ask. So from there, everything's kind of like, quote unquote, established. You have your niche, you have your physical location, the, the, the business is growing, the name's getting out there. Um, from there, like has the, from that moment on, has there been a moment or a time where you felt stuck or have you been continuously growing from there? And if you did feel stuck, like how, how have you been able to get over those barriers of feeling like you've stalled out in growth as a business? So funny that you say that. So, okay, so from there, so we um, we built the shop, opened the shop, you know, got the shop going. And then um, I learned uh, about, just through networking, the power of 
of hiring, not hiring, but working with SMEs. And so I, subject matter experts. And so I um, connected with a couple here in Kansas City. Um, she was kicking off her um, branding business and the husband was a photographer. And so it was like a perfect blend of helping get my brand off the ground. Like I got pictures for my, you know, for my website, they were building their business and their brand. And so it kind of just, you know, started from there and just really understand the power of networking and 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 going back to those things I learned about okay when you have this is how you keep a customer this is how you follow up stuff from you know undergrad classes kind of kicked in and came back all these years later and um this is how you know this about marketing and branding yourself and then selling yourself and then I started networking, doing vending events to get my name out there, you know, getting my name out there. Um, I started um, collaborating with other artists here in Kansas City and and, and doing fashion shows. And, and that, that actually just kind of like, the cool thing about Kansas City, we're small enough that word of mouth goes fast. And so then I had people referrals like, hey, are you the dress shop lady? <laughs> people, you know, people say, are you, are you the dress shop lady? I need a dress. So just kind of like, it kind of things things just started um just you know falling pieces falling together in the middle of that though I lost my job at kind of at the height of everything I lost my job and my ability like to pay for um you know all the photography and things like that and so I had to pivot and start doing those things myself and running my own social media page and just enduring my own pictures and things like that. And so just a lot of things in the last two years that kind of helped me build me to where I'm at. And then I was feeling like I was stuck. And even in this work that people say, I don't see that. Like I see you on the ground. I'm like, you know, I've learned to um, floss. Sorry. Sorry about that. I learned to floss for the, you know, like social media people, people post what they want you to see. And so I, you know, I, that's how I connected with, um, Encore to, to be in a pitch magazine. Cause I'm going through this, um, mentorship program to help me continue to grow my business. So, um, did I answer the question? I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like I yeah. rambled. No, 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 you're good. You're good. That was fire. That was amazing. Um, I love it. I love it. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you've been building this business, you have an established business, you go through your ups and your downs, you, you, you've had to work with customers, you've had to figure out how to use the money you make and how to reinvest it. You have a family that you're also, you know, trying to manage on the, on like along with the business. So for other moms out there or other black women out there who want to start a business, who, who, or might already have a business if you could give them two or three pieces of advice on, you know, just how to manage their own mental health, their own, their own like joy and happiness while trying to build a, while trying to build a business and, uh, you know, take care of the other necessities of life. What, what, what would those pieces of advice be? Um, delegate, like, like I, we, women, we like to be superheroes and we, and, and we thrive off of that, but there are times when you can't do it. So ask for help. And it could be, and utilize your village, right? Your village is bigger than what you think it is. So your village can be 
uh, a girlfriend watch your child uh, while you're at a vending event, right? Or it could be, you know, somebody that's coming to your vending event to help you, you know? So don't be afraid to, because like I'm trying to say, don't be afraid to ask for help. There are so many people who want to help but don't know where. So kind of figure out the groove that you that works for you and you know your family and ask for help and take it especially if you want your business to grow because you're eventually going to have to farm out and pay for help along the way but you know at beginning stages um find out what works best for you and ask for help cuz you cannot do it all trust me I tried and I know um, but you can't do it all and then give yourself at least one day a week to rest and organize because again if you keep going and going and going and going you're going to run off fumes and I learned that in 2020 and so give yourself a day to organize the household and the business so that could be planning out the week planning out the menu planning out whatever your business is whatever you need to do like Sundays I use Sundays to plan out my social media content, you know, my house calendar, sit down with my husband, like this is what the week looks like. This is where we might, you know, need the tag team. You take, you know, you take Taekwondo this night, you know, so really, but it comes with organization. And if you're a mompreneur or any parentpreneur out there, it's really about how organized you are. At the same time, don't be afraid to say no. Like you can't go to every event and you can't, be you know be there for everything and, and and I learned that the hard way too running on fumes and trying to be at this and trying to be at that when you run in a business this is a sacrifice and the sacrifice a lot of times is your free time or the sacrifice is family time or you know everything has opportunity costs so just make sure you make those decisions that work best in your favor if you are going to miss a family event because you're running your business you can follow up maybe drop some food off before you go or you know there's ways that you can still show your support to people but don't try to do everything. Ask for help, say no, and organization skills. And they seem very remedial, but when you're in the thick and you don't know what to do, you need to sit back um, just and, and stop. If you get to a point where you're not making good decisions because you're just running and going and running and going, like listen to your body and stop. Like everything will be there when you get clarity and that's okay. That's what I, that's why I think like self-care is so important because I think people are realizing that, but it really, it really is a big deal. Major, major. Those were fire. Those ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening right there, go run that past like minute, 20 seconds back and run it back a few times. Maybe even pull the clip from YouTube and just save it in your phone and just remind yourself when you're going through some tough times as a business owner, as a black woman trying to grow as, as, as a woman in life, <laughs> go back and rewatch that. So thank you. Thank you for that, LaToya. Um, so I have one final question for you. Okay. So it's your final day on earth. All right. It's your last day. You're 197. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, it's your last day on earth. And you have your great grandchildren sitting at your feet, right? You're chilling in a nice, comfortable rocking chair. You know, your great grandkids is just looking up at you and they ask you, great grandmoms, how am I supposed to live life? Give me a piece of advice on how I should live life. 
But before you answer that question, know that everything you've done in the past, they have nothing to look at. You got to take it all with you. So all your interviews you've done, all the books you've written, all the documentaries about you and your business that will come over the next, you know, 10, 15 years, all of that has to go with you. So they can't go look for that for themselves. This is the last thing you're leaving with them. One piece of advice on how to live life. Know, know your worth. And it sounds really cliche, but know, know your worth and in in, in, because that's going to be your guiding principle in how you make decisions and how you allow people to treat you and how you are communicated with. So know your worth and know the value that you give to the world and to your immediate circle because everything that you do um, is well, depends on you knowing your worth. Is if, if that would determine the people that you hang with, that would determine determine how confident you are when you're with your customers and your business. And so, I would just say, know your worth and, and, and believe in yourself. I love it. I love it. I love it. And with that being said, again, I want us to thank you so much for agreeing to come on the episode today. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. I think there's a lot of gems that you shared on top of just an inspiring story for other people like, you know, black men, black women, black young men, black young women, black older men, black older women, like for anybody to really tap in and just be inspired by your story and know that you know, just it, it takes one moment and it takes some commitment to, you know, really build something that you really care about and that can, you know, eventually be a profitable business that you can pass on to family. So um, I love it. I appreciate you. And uh, before we get off this episode today, where can people find you? Uh, I don't you can where your store is, your social media, email, like how can people support you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook um, at 79Rose, made it easy for people, 79ROZE. Um, my shop is by appointment. So um, you can reach out to me, you can DM me, or you can reach me at um, 79Rose at gmail.com. Um, 79Rose gmail.com, shoot me an email about, hey, I want to come and shop, and we'll work out um, a time. And also, you can shop online, 79Rose.com. So I try to make it easy for everybody. So at 79Rose, Instagram and Facebook, 79Rose.com, 79Rose at gmail.com. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, please go tap in with her. If you're not interested in shopping, at least just share her business with a friend. Um, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you leave a five-star review, share with a friend, as that is the only way this podcast can grow. The only way. So support the community. Let's make it happen and let's have a blessed day. Salud. <laughs>